It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, the NBA trade deadline is about 48 hours away. It seemed like last night that the Raptors might have been up to some business with the Nets and Mavs in that three-team, potential three-team Kyrie Irving trade. We'll dig in today into what we want to see from the Raptors between now and Thursday. What would constitute a failure? What would be the absolute dream outcome? We'll talk about it all as well with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1336 of locked on raptors for tuesday february the 7th i'm your host sean woodley i'm covering the toronto raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms you can find all of my work over on twitter at woodley sean you can follow subscribe to rate and review the podcast for free no money it's all free on the house baby it's on your favorite podcast apps and of course we are on youtube hit please go hit the big red subscribe button on the locked on raptors youtube channel and you have done me a great service in helping uh you know I guess feed the algorithm is what the subscribers do while also making me feel good. Uh, help feed the algorithm. Help feed my ego. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Raptors YouTube channel. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. All right, on today's show. Looking ahead to the deadline, as it's the only thing we do these days, but as it turns out, per Adrian Wojnarowski and seemingly every other insider, the trade deadline runs through Toronto, baby, which is where you want to be. You don't want the East to run through you. You don't want the title chase to run through you. You want the trade deadline to run through you, because boy, oh boy, do we love ourselves some transactions. We also love ourselves some Big V, Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com, who is here. Big V, did you think Spencer Dinwiddie was going to be a Raptor before 8 p.m. last night? 
I thought there was a chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually funny because um, Sunday night, I ended mm -hmm. up playing soccer till about midnight, and then I was yep. wired till about 4 a.m. Oh, and classic. Then, and then, <laughs> you know, you see the rumors uh, about, you know, potentially Toronto being involved in it becoming a three-way deal. And so now I'm just trying to stay up. Mm -hmm. And then it got to like five-ish, and I was like, my body is just like crashing. I was like, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, you decided to go to bed at 5 a.m.? How dare you? What a ridiculous decision on your part. <laughs> no, 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 5 p.m. Oh, p.m. Okay, so okay. Like, I, I went to bed at 4. I woke mm. up at like 8.30, and then mm. I was just working through the day. Um, and that, that was the other thing, too. I, I wrote a story about Fred Van Vliet for Raptors.com. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to wait. <laughs> one farewell post in that. <laughs> and then and then i was like okay i need sleep and then i crashed from like five to seven mm -hmm. which was probably not optimal but that was uh, the witching hour baby that was the hour in which i went for a walk assuming that i was definitely going to get the notification that something had gone down whilst i was on said walk with my lovely wife <laughs> awesome and yeah. yeah so then i woke up and i was like okay nothing happened Mm -hmm. moving on <laughs> yeah um thoughts on just the general potential of a net steal here big v uh, it still could happen uh you know just because the three-teamer didn't come to fruition doesn't mean that something couldn't go down between the raptors and nets before thursday we know from all the reporting out there from all the insider types that the nets are very busy treating themselves as buyers trying to build up a better roster around kevin durant who i know everyone assumes is going to request a trade i maintain i think he's going to have a great time playing with 10 normal basketball players who aren't trying to commandeer the franchise or sabotage it or whatever uh it might be like kevin durant's basketball utopia frankly uh and so they're going to be busy the prospective, uh, you know, three-team involvement it seems as though it was around Spencer Dinwiddie coming back to the Raptors in exchange for Fred Van Vliet with some draft capital coming back. Of course, the Nets, I believe, have three first-round picks they can trade right now. Their first-rounder this year. Uh, they also have the Sixers 2027, top eight protected, as well as that Mavericks unprotected in 2029 that they got in the Kyrie deal. Um, so some interesting pieces there, at the very least, to, you know, potentially throw into a deal. But thoughts on the hypothetical fit of Spencer Dinwiddie, because that still could happen. The rules are complex. You're not going to see Spencer Dinwiddie involved in, say, a Pascal Siakam trade. I don't think we're going to see a Pascal Siakam trade to the Nets anyway, but that's another point. But with the way the rules work, Spencer Dinwiddie, now that he's been traded, can only be traded by himself. He can't be aggregated with other players. And so that 21-ish million dollars he makes is what you're working with. As it happens, Fred Van Vliet's contract, pretty similar. So something could still go down there. Thoughts on that idea just as a framework. If the Raptors are going to move off Fred Van Vliet, I know we've talked about other packages that uh, you know are out there from the Clippers, etc., that, that could be had, but thoughts on Dinwiddie plus a pick or two for Fred Van Vliet here. Yeah, I think uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's a, a really solid player. I think he gives you added size at that guard position. He's 6'5". Mm. Um, obviously, Fred is uh, kindly six feet. Um, <laughs> Let's just, we don't need to pretend anymore. Uh, I'm taller <laughs> than Fred Van Vliet. He, I'm not a tall man. I'm like uh, maybe 6'1". I lied and say I'm 6'1". I round up. Uh, yeah, he's not the tallest man in the world. We don't need to pretend he's six one anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, you know with Dinwiddie, he he's got probably a bit more of an individual uh, shot 
make shot creation package sure than fred yeah. um i think you can probably rely on him more in like those clutch scenarios where you know you take the ball out of say scotty or pascal's hands and you trust him to get a, a pretty decent look off obviously immediately upon joining the mavs we we saw him drain a couple big, big shots um and so i think he he has that factor to him as well mm-hmm. um and obviously i think at the end of the day if you're looking at this type of deal you're either one um not willing to meet fred's contract demands or mm-hmm. what you expect uh, they'll be in the range of in the off season mm-hmm. or you feel there's a good chance that um he is looking towards uh, other pastures. I won't necessarily yeah. call, call them greener. <laughs> <laughs> Bluer? Uh, <laughs> is, we call Orlando? It's just a, a city of blue uh, yeah. feelings. Other than the theme parks. Those are fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, more magical pastures, I suppose, is maybe the the, the, frame, the framing there. Yeah, I, I um, with Dinwiddie, I don't hate the idea because I am of the mind that you should be going into next season trying to be competitive. I don't think you're going to see a big tear down to the studs here in a long-term rebuild because uh, they already have Scotty Barnes. There's no need to do the thing in which you try to tank for someone who is like Scotty Barnes, you know, a high-priced franchise player in the draft. Uh, they've already done that. There's no need to go back to, and, and, and go to that well. They're going to get a good pick this year anyway, it seems. So if you can add a pick or two, if you can add Dinwiddie as sort of a stopgap who signed through next season, he can be your sort of stopgap combo guard in place of Fred Van Vliet, maybe makes it more viable to trade Gary Trent Jr. as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't hate the theory behind it. I don't love Dinwiddie as a player necessarily, and I don't think his 40% three-point percentage in Dallas is necessarily indicative of the type of player he's, he is on balance because his career is pretty mediocre in terms of three-point accuracy, still with some pretty decent volume. But, um, you know, I, I have to think taking threes next to Luka Doncic is probably pretty favorable to your three-point percentage. And so I'm a little dubious that you would get, like, Dallas Dinwiddie if the Raptors were to go deal for him. But I don't hate the idea in theory. I still would prefer, I think, the Clippers package if you can land Terrence Mann in there along with their future pick. The pick is less sexy because it's in 2028. But, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. It's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> are you having a hard time reckoning that just like oh all of a sudden this week fred van vliet i don't think pascal's going to but fred van vliet og ananobi these core pieces of the team for a very long time just might poof be gone and uh there'll be no ceremony around it i'm having a hard time reckoning and sort of envisioning a world in which those dudes aren't on the raptors man um yes and no i, th- I think watching this team over the course of the road trip has mm. made me accept that you, you just need change and yeah. I, the vibes just don't seem right and something has to change and that's mm-hmm. where like even if it's uh you know not amongst like even if it's gary right like i think something has to change mm-hmm. uh post trade deadline i'd be very surprised if they just remain completely status quo yeah. um although that might that might lend towards the thinking that they think something huge is coming in the off season that they need mm. to be ready for sure yeah it's um 
It's weird times, man. Uh, I, there's a very real chance, by the way, tonight at the Rivoli, you'll be there. I'll be there. Katie Heindel will be there. So many Raptors Republic dignitaries will be there. Uh, this will be the time. While we're all on stage, glad-handing, having some drinks, talking ball, definitely something is going down. And I guess that would be fun because we get to mourn the uh, departure of a Fred Van Vliet or an OG Ananobi with people who share a common interest. Wouldn't that be... A delight. Uh, looking forward to that tonight, by the way. Although the tickets are sold out, so if you didn't get them, sorry, man, uh, or woman, or, or or whatever you are, you didn't get your tickets. Uh, <laughs> sucks for you. We're going to come back on the other side and get into uh, our sort of dream scenarios between now and the deadline. The question, <laughs> if there's one player in the entire NBA who you could put on the Raptors by Thursday, realistically speaking... Whom would it be? We'll get to that in just one second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars in the game, baby. We talk about Built Bars all the time because they're amazing and they are a product that I stand by. I love a Built Bar. I'm someone who really struggles with my eating habits. I snack late. I snack poorly. I eat all sorts of garbage. I just funnel it into me. I'm a monster. I try to balance it with exercise, and uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm in one of those sort of difficulty phases right now. It's February, it's hard, but if you're trying to wean yourself off of those really bad-for-you candy bars and snacks and treats, Built Bars are a great way, a great alternative to make it feel like you're being indulgent without actually being indulgent. Your average Built Bar has 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, just 4 grams of sugar, which is way less than you're getting in your typical candy bar. Go get yourself some Built Bars right now. They have all sorts of wonderful flavors. they got the Marshmallow Puffs. They've got Granola Bars. They've got the regular Built Bars and a whole assortment of flavors. And you can right now go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and pick yourself up a box. There is nothing better than grabbing a Built Bar and uh, using it as a way to get through your morning, your afternoon, get through those 2 p.m. sleepies in the afternoon if you're feeling a little hungry. Built Bars are the way to go. Go check out Built Bar at your local Walmart. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Big V, Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com here with me. And we're going to do a little uh, wish casting here. The trade deadline is, as the, the time of recording, 52 hours away, I believe. It's coming in close. It's coming in hot. The question I have for you, Big V, we're going to sort of look at this week as, all right, everything goes exactly as planned. The Raptors, 
get the score, the massive haul they're looking for from their various players. It seems as though the Raptors are very much driving a hard bargain, which is great to hear, and it doesn't shock me considering Masai Ujiri, say what you will about the way the Raptors have worked on the margins in free agency in recent years, but uh, they never lose trades, and it's because they are very, very mean, apparently, in their in their discussions. There was, uh, what was the, the quote that came out from an executive yesterday, I believe, in Jake Fisher's piece? I, there's all these pieces. I don't know who it came from. might have been Mark Stein, but the suggestion is that the Raptors uh, talk Talking to them in trade negotiations is like trying to pull blood from a stone. Uh, <laughs> that's the way you want your front office to be talked about as a trade negotiation partner, uh, for sure. Big V, I ask you, between now and the deadline, what is the thing or things you want to see happen that will, to you, declare this a success? And is there a player in the NBA who is like your prized, okay, if the Raptors get that dude on the team, things are going to be all right. Yeah, so I think when assessing it as a whole in terms of what the Raptors need to address, I would like to see uh, either one of Fred Van Vliet or or Gary Trent Jr. used Mm -hmm. in a deal that addresses uh, the needs. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you get uh, another guard, like say if that Fred Van Vliet deal brings you back Spencer Dinwiddie and picks um, potentially, you know, another guy that you could work into the rotation at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that would be pretty good for a guy that uh, is expiring, but then the same thing with Gary Trent jr. Right? Like if you yeah. can get uh, a backup big, or if you could get uh, a backup point guard, um, I, I think that works out nicely. And I think it makes for an easier off season. I think going into the off season, having to prioritize resigning both of them, and then also looking to address the needs of the roster is going to be a big challenge. And so for me, I would like to see at least one of those addressed and saying, okay, now we go into the off season, we got to resign one guy uh, and, you know, plug in wh- whatever else needs to be done. To me, that would be an effective uh, trade deadline. I think you're, you've nailed it in that. I, I think, you know, regardless of specifics or you know, players, even guys who the Raptors end up dealing, I, I think what we really got to see by the time Thursday wraps is what's the plan going forward for the offseason and what's the plan to put a competitive team around Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam going into next season. I've said all along, I don't think you can trade Fred Van Vliet unless you have a plan with which you are going to execute finding a replacement for him because what he offers is not an easy thing to replace and is really important to what the Raptors do, regardless of how the the people have kind of turned against Fred here. He's really good. Uh, It's undeniable. He's very important to the success of the Raptors when he's on the floor. So you have to have a replacement. And that doesn't mean they have to have the ready-made replacement on the roster as of the end of Thursday, but... You have to see sort of what the plan figures to be. Maybe they open themselves up by moving off some money, an actual big cap space slot this offseason, which I think at the moment right now, the max they could get to if they renounce everybody um, is like $35 million. Obviously, you can move on from Chris Boucher and Ken Birch and stuff like that and open up as much space as you need. It's not like there's a great free agent market out there. Fred Van Vliet might be the best guy there is. And so, uh, you know, how much of a, a use is that cap space? But... Either way, I think there has to be at least a clear path of, okay, 
they've moved on from guy one, two, or three, and the plan to then reassemble the roster becomes clear, whether it's they're going to do it via trading picks in the offseason and a big deal, whether it's they get a guy like they got Gary Trent Jr. back a couple of years ago for Norm Powell, who you can figure into the plans for the future, and there's cost certainty, all of that. Um, that's, I think, the sort of big thing. To answer my question on one player who I would just be so over the moon to see on the Toronto Raptors by the end of the, the week, uh, give me Trey Murphy the third, baby. I don't know. I've just completely become hung up on how do you get Trey Murphy out of New Orleans? He's had himself a big week. He's throwing down dunks. He's doing stuff off the bounce. He's obviously an incredible three-point shooter already. Um, you know, when your first name is the thing that you do the best in the NBA, like it's like having a dude named Dunk Robinson or something like that. Uh, that's a guy. <laughs> Never mind. Uh <laughs> It's like having a guy named uh, Dunk Smith who just dunks a whole lot. Uh, Trey yeah. Murphy, baby. That's what you got to have. Um, he, for me, is like if you can find a way to you know move OG, probably OG. There's not really any other way you're going to get Trey Murphy, I would guess. But if there's an OG Pelicans deal there uh, where Trey Murphy can come back the other way, I think you're laughing. I think you're, you're just smiling all the way to the bank. Um, you know, maybe I've hung myself and my hopes on one guy too, too, too much here, but is there someone for you that comes to mind as a name, uh, other than my accurate pick, which is Trey Murphy? Well, who's the second best guy you want to see the Raptors get? <laughs> Probably Shaden Sharp. I think Ooh, he would yeah. be an awesome get. I think when you mm -hmm. look at the future, uh, you know, his talent is so tantalizing. And mm -hmm. if you're giving up a significant asset, uh, you want someone that I think would slot into that core and you could very much see, you know, ascending along with Scotty. And mm -hmm. so I think Shaden Sharp would be my guy. That's a really good one. Um, you know, I, I do think just based on the reporting, it sounds as though the bidding wars are going to be pretty nuts. <laughs> and, you know, that's what we're hearing two days before the deadline. That could be posturing. It could be the Raptors being like, can you believe all these incredible offers we're getting? You better up your <laughs> offers, guys. Um, you know, it's all, everything is out there for a reason. And there's smoke screens and, you know, deceptions and all of this. Um, it's basically like watching a spy thriller, but uh, way less entertaining. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's... Um, I, I think Shaden Sharp's a really good, interesting guy. And I think any of those sort of recent draft hype guys who, you know, there, there's a lot of belief in that are going to turn it into something, whether, you know, we don't know what the ceiling is necessarily, but there's some still lingering draft pixie dust on those guys. It's not been totally lost. I think those are the guys for me to, to really target. I have to ask you, there's all this talk about the magic and it seems as though Jalen Suggs is the apple of a lot of people's eyes in, in Raptors internet land. I don't want to go and say that he's not going to be good or anything like that, because how many times do guys in their first couple years get declared bad only to become good because we can't uh, hold ourselves back from having takes? But Jalen Suggs doesn't really seem like the fit to me. He uh, can't shoot. His career shooting numbers are 38, 24, 74 uh, field goal, three-point free throw percentage. Like, I don't know, man. The things that Jalen Suggs was kind of expected to maybe struggle with from all the draft people out there are the things he's very clearly struggling with so far. And yeah. that gives me some pause. Thoughts on Jalen Suggs as the potential you know, I guess, jewel of a returning Fred Van Vliet deal. Uh, obviously, there'd be a lot of money attached there as well because Fred makes a pretty substantial cut. But what what are your thoughts on the sort of Jalen Suggs noise out there? I don't think he fits the Trey Murphy, Shaden Sharp bill necessarily. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think 
you know, what Jalen Suggs has shown to this point has not been particularly encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you're giving up a significant piece that Fred Van Vliet would be, I would expect more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not too enamored with that. Uh, you know, I think, you know, listening back uh, when you did the episode with Joe Wolfond, I think mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey is another guy that absolutely would be in that category. It makes uh, me mad the Sixers are so good right now because there's no <laughs> way they're doing that. But if they were like the seven seed and toiling away, I totally think you could talk them into something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, all indications are that like the offseason will go well for them. But I'm sure in terms of like it would be prudent for them to at least hang on to Maxi until Harden has actually signed <laughs> yeah <laughs> the contract uh, and so I, I don't think he would be available until at least then mm-hmm. um, and then they might look and say okay you know what if Maxi is really just a six-man guy for us then maybe uh, we need to look at upgrading so I think that's something that potentially leans into the patience that we might see uh, mm-hmm. at this deadline right like I still uh, believe that you got to have uh, one deal um, that kind of refreshes this group for the remainder yeah. of the season. But I think uh, in terms of staying uh, watchful and watching out for the absolute best deal, that might come in the off season. Yeah, I, I think people should prepare themselves for the idea that maybe the Raptors don't do all the things they're being reported to be in the mix of doing. Uh, We'll actually talk about that on the other side of the break here. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we will dig into, is it possible for this deadline to be a failure for the Raptors, or will it be kind of an incomplete grade if they don't do anything now and maybe spin it forward towards the summer? Uh, We will get to that in just one moment. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy sports fun, easy, and most importantly, super accessible to play. Fantasy sports, season long, uh, you're, my, my like humble opinion on this is they stink. You're, you're spending your whole year worrying about lineups, forgetting you forgot to set your lineup on a given day, early morning game over in Europe or something like that, and you completely lost your week because you forgot to put Jonathan Isaac into your lineup or whatever. Why you have Jonathan Isaac on your team, I don't know. But either way, daily fantasy is the way to go, season long, out the door. It's it's the way of the, the dodo at this point. And with prize picks, it's super easy. You can pick two to six players and on any entry and if you get them all right you go up to 25 times your money and it's super simple it's you against the projections you're just picking whether a player is going to have more or less than the given stat that is projected by prize picks there's no shadow expert with the team you can't beat hiding in some basement somewhere it's just you against the projections the way it should be entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy they got safe and fast withdrawals and currently they're operational in over 30 states and canada in every province except for ontario at the moment download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports for First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100 bucks, that means they're just going to put 100 dollars into your account to hang out with your original 100 dollars. That is a great deal. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with Prize Picks. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. We are here wrapping up the show. Final segment with Vivek Jacob of Raptors.com. Failure. It's an interesting thing to think about with this Toronto Raptors team. They failed this season. That's for damn sure. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, contentious feelings towards the front office and Nick Nurse and the roster and all of this. My question related to failure, Big V, is, is it possible for the Raptors to fail this deadline? And what would that look like? Obviously, most of the stuff that's going to happen between now and Thursday, we have no knowledge of. It's all backroom dealings. It's all sh- you know, sh- you know, smoke screens and all of this stuff. We'll probably never know what the actual offers were for certain players or whatever. And so it's really hard to make a judgment. But I just want to kind of know from you, Friday morning comes around. What events, what sort of series of things transpiring will have you sitting there thinking, damn, they kind of missed an opportunity there? Yeah, I, th- I think if they don't deal one of uh, Gary or Fred, mm. and I think that's also one where I will I wouldn't be able to completely assess it until the summer, right? Sure. Like, yeah. If they don't if they don't deal either one and then both leave in the summer, then yeah, yeah that's a colossal failure, right? Like yeah. you can't lose those two guys for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where uh, I lean towards. Okay, at, at least uh, recoup assets for one. Uh, and and see how things go with the other whoever you feel you have a better shot uh, at re-signing mm-hmm. um, and you know keeping the books you know as well as you'd like to keep them I think uh, that would be a failure if so you know you probably can't assess that until the summer but mm-hmm. not dealing either of them would probably be uh, you know at least set a bit of a panic for me I mean I do think. Like, I know the front office recently has seen guys leave for nothing, right? Kawhi leaves for nothing, Danny Green, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, those are the main ones, right? I just don't know if I think the front office is going to go into this offseason not having traded Fred and Gary without a pretty good idea that they can keep those guys. Because they, A, know they can't lose any more starter-level talent for nothing. And B, I just feel like it's a different scenario. And most of the time in Raptors history, when they've kept guys through the deadline who are free agents, it's with the express purpose to keep them. And because they know they have an inside track on keeping them. DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, all down the line. Uh, Serge Ibaka, when they traded for him originally, he was a free agent. They figured, hey, we're going to sign this guy and we can do that. Um, you know, I, I just I don't see this being a situation where... Um, it's not like the Kawhi thing. Obviously, the Kawhi, he was never getting re-signed in the middle of that season. You always knew what you were signing up for with him. There and Danny Green was kind of collateral damage from all of it. And the Ibaka and Gasol stuff was with the express idea of keeping cap space open to then go try to sign Giannis Antetokounmpo had he not signed the Supermax. Of course, he did. But even then, it's not like Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol went under great things or anything like that. They were pretty much done as you know consistently effective NBA players as of leaving the Raptors. And so, I, I just I don't think you can use those examples as something to inform how you feel about Trent and Fred. They're very different situations, and I feel like if they're both on the Raptors through Thursday, it's because the Raptors have a pretty good idea they want to keep them now. You could argue maybe it's a failure in general to want to keep both of them. What do you think of that idea? Like, I know we've kicked around this possibility of the Raptors not doing a ton of the deadline, keeping their guys, and then figuring it out later. 
I know the season's gone this point to uh, in, in a bad enough fashion where the idea of giving this core another year maybe is not super palatable to, palatable to some people, but would you find it a failure if the Raptors' express intention was to just keep Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. as their backcourt of the future? Yeah, I, I think that's all part of why that would constitute you know failure or a bit of a panic in terms of not dealing either one, right? Because then you are saying, okay, you have to re-sign both it just puts a lot of pressure on the off season. Like you, then you're saying you have to resign both in the off season. It's also very difficult to create that change in the off season because now you can't deal them for another six months. And so I think that combination is where like, okay, you deal one. Now you change the roster a bit, then you focus on the other in the off season. And then you start to see the plan a bit more clearly. Um, mm-hmm. Now you resign both. You kind of know what the plan is, but I'm not sure I'm buying that plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think on in a vacuum, keeping both of them it, like individually is fine. I do think you know maybe you're kind of capping yourself at a ceiling if you if that's your backcourt of the future that you're paying sixty million dollars for, fifty five million dollars for, or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, like just something this week would be really nice. Uh, just to, again, I think more than anything, the sort of tone and tenor around the team stinks. And I feel like an infusion of just some new faces, some new guys to talk about, some new potential lineup combinations. Like, I feel like that would make everybody, both within the team and also the people who have to watch it every night, feel a little less angsty all the time. Um, and, you know, it, it could also backfire, right? Maybe the, 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 the vibes continue to sour if you trade, have talent drain and you bring in guys who aren't ready and the season continues to be a drag. Maybe that has its negative downsides as well. But something should happen and i honestly think it would be a pretty big missed opportunity if they didn't trade og by thursday uh, and you know you never know what the offers are going to be but i feel like this is the time to get the best offer for og ananobi in the summer yes more teams might be there to go and throw a deal at him but or deal at an offer at you to to pull something off but you also are probably going to have other guys available in the offseason as well playoff disappointments happen all of this and he's not going to be the guy who's garnering all the attention. He's not going to be the Donovan Mitchell of the summer or anything like that. He's kind of the Donovan Mitchell of the trade deadline. He's not as good as Donovan Mitchell, obviously, but in theory, he's the best guy who could move between now and Thursday, and that feels like it's the perfect situation to get as much as you can for him now and then reassemble the roster going forward. Um it's like, would you consider it a failure if OGs on the Raptors through Thursday? I know that's like kind of a crazy sacrilege thing to say, but uh, you know, I, I do think it would be a bit of a missed opportunity for him not to move by then. What, what say you? No, I, th- I think that's one that I look at and say, maybe then the front office is leaning towards keeping a younger core, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think OG at 25 can slot in next to Scotty uh, in terms of the future. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that might hint towards, you know, Pascal starting to maybe be on the clock mm. uh, and saying, okay, do you pivot one way? Uh, so, no, I wouldn't view OG staying with the Raptors beyond the deadline as a failure. I think uh, especially, you know, even looking at the New Orleans Pelicans, for example, with the way that they've kind of tumbled down the standings, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if they're in position to make that all-in move. Um sure and feel like, oh, this is the move that gets us over the top, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And then I look at Memphis. I don't really like the pieces coming back from that. Um, and so, you know, 
if you hang on to OG in the offseason, maybe you are able to swing like a really big deal. Yeah. Uh, and so, so no, with OG, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned if he was, if he remained with the team. Yeah, I think that's fair. As long as, again, it's not all three guys who are kind of on, on the table be on the team by Thursday or Friday. I think you're probably setting yourself up in a, in a better way. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess, like, okay, rank the order of, like, the degree to which you think the Raptors should deal them between OG, Trent, and Fred. That'll be our last thing before we round out today. Do you have, like, a sort of tier of most to least wanting to see go? Uh, and it should be said, I don't want to see any of these guys go. It makes me really yeah. sad when players get traded. It sucks. <laughs> same, same. Yeah. I will probably lean towards... Fred one, Gary two, OG three. Interesting. I think I'm flipped. I think I'm OG one, Gary two, Fred three. And I know everyone thinks I'm a moron for thinking Fred is really good and maybe worth keeping around. Uh, you know, I'm willing to die. I'll be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. But uh, <laughs> I just his skill set is as much as OG really skill good. sets really hard to replace. Fred's skill set is so essential to the Raptors right now, and yeah. uh, no, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It's, I, I don't envy the Raptors. I guess is where I'm at. This is a lot of decision making to make between now and Thursday. A lot of them very heavy decisions, and uh, you know, it, it's we'll see, man. Any uh, parting shots here before we wrap this bad boy up? No, not too much. Looking forward to what should be a fun 48 hours. 52 hours as you said mm -hmm. um and we'll see what happens besides that you can follow me on twitter at vivek m jacob and see my usual work uh, on raptors.com outstanding uh really really hope something happens while we're at the raptors republic thing tonight that would be awesome uh <laughs> just the, the the buzz in the room when like the the the, no, the notification comes across i'm just envisioning it now uh just completely sending the night in a different direction anyway we're gonna round it there thank you so much for tuning in if you're gonna be there tonight at the rivoli come say hi i'll be around i'm a big goofy looking dude you can't miss me uh and uh big v will be there as well katie heindel all the raptors republic folks samson lewis Catherine niker it's gonna be really really awesome Every Everyone should be out there, and uh, or if you haven't bought your tickets again, you're out of luck. But uh, come hang out just outside the Rivoli. Why not? There's a, the horseshoes there. You can go get A&W or whatever while you wait for us to come out and hang. Uh, I don't know. There's We're a Chick-fil-A there. there, too. There's a Chick-fil-A there now, too? Don't, yeah. Don't eat Chick-fil-A. Overrated. Bad. <laughs> Bad company. Awful. We'll wrap it there. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, I guess tonight I'm very excited to see things in Toronto that have been built since I left because I haven't been there in a couple, a little while now. So uh, that should be fun too. Uh, I'm going to go observe gentrification. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Uh, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Katie Hinder will be along. We'll do a mailbag episode. And until then, have yourself a great one. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Leafs as the Buds are back in action after the All-Star break. And uh, they're very good. It turns out very, very good hockey team. So go check out Locked on Leafs with Mike and Dave. And uh, we'll leave you there. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.